Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Hey, uh, I know it's not coming up right away, but uh, do you want to kind of talk about someday going back to conventions? Oh, man, I miss conventions. All right. They're good stuff. (laughs) Fair enough. Let's do it. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who was expecting Phil to do something longer and was taken by surprise when he did not. Yeah, you know what? I, like, I, <laughs> I was trying to think about it, but there's nothing contrasting because we both go to the same conventions, right? So, yes. like, there's no, Correct. like, I couldn't be like, and I went to six conventions last year because so did you, right? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, not last year, but year before. Yeah, you know, not not 2020 because. 2020 we did actually manage to squeak out one convention in 2020 right we went to a we went to a little convention in february before we knew that the world was imploding yes and we'll actually talk about that convention we may not talk specifically about that convention but we're going to talk about something like it at the towards the end of the show um but as i mentioned at the beginning in the opening we're going to talk about um going back to conventions and uh where did this uh topic come from Yeah, so this question came to us from Jim Likes Games and is more specifically, what will it take for you to feel comfortable to go back to conventions? And I'm pretty sure that Jim put this in um, in, in the Misdirected Mark Slack. I think this was a question in either the Slack Room for Life or the RPG channel or something. Um, And I answered it briefly when Jim asked it, but I was like, whoa, this is like, this is a fantastic topic. This is a thing we should all be thinking about Um, because the answer... So there's going to be first, there's going to be a disclaimer. Then I'm going to make another statement and then we're actually going to address the topic. So first of all, (laughs) disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. We are not epidemiologists, doctors or anything of the like. Uh, we are not security experts. Um, we, you know, have no background or training in, um, in anything like security, uh, police work or anything like that. Uh, and, um, we do not organize conventions and have no experience in organizing conventions. What we do have is experience attending conventions. Right. Um, So basically we, we are going to speak from the lowest common denominator. Like (laughs) yeah, we're, we're going to speak from a point of personal knowledge and safety. And this is what my point, this was the second point I was going to bring up after our disclaimer is that, yeah. What it's going to take for you to go back to a convention is going to be a personal decision. Yes. Um, much like everything else we talk about on the show uh, where, you know, you really need to kind of figure this out for yourself, that you are going to have to figure this out for yourself. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about things that you should probably think about. Um, but ultimately, much like how you've been handling the rest of the pandemic, you're going to make a risk reward assessment of how much risk are you willing to accept to how much reward um, are you going to get? Now, the truth of the matter is, even before COVID, we have been doing this with conventions all along. There is a risk reward for going to a convention. Um, 
in the big in, in the pre-COVID times, that risk was pretty low. Concrud mm-hmm. was Concrud. Concrud wasn't even a thing sucked. you actually thought about. In fact, no. it was so low on the thing that most people were just like, "Eh, if I get it, I get it." And you had other considerations about risk reward, like, "Am I going to get into the games I want? How long are the lines going to be? Can I find food that fits the way I need to eat?" Right. Like that's a like if you had dietary restrictions, that's a, that was that used to be a much higher consideration about yes. going to a con than um, than con crud. Right. But I, I, you've gotten con crud. I've gotten oh, con man. crud like I've gotten con crud and then like had it at the con. And like, right. I think was it the last origins or the origins before where like I, I was like I had a fever on like Saturday of the convention and I was you know I had to do a panel and stuff and yeah. like boy yeah so we plugged through that but like wow I wouldn't do that anymore correct right Abs- like- <laughs> absolutely correct right so so what we're going to talk about tonight is the things that you should consider in terms of uh, making your own personal risk reward assessment. Now, we're not going to talk about the rewards because um, we've talked about cons a lot on the, you know, we talked a lot about cons on this show from all the various yes, years yes. we've gone to con. There's many, 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 many rewards for going to cons. Um, and they're very good. And none of those have actually changed. Um, what we now need to talk about are new risks that we need to think about. Um, and I'm going to say, Again, this is not the lightest topic we do. So I want to just preface this by saying we're going to talk about some more serious stuff. And then we're going to cap off this segment by talking about um, something more positive, something you can do um, that is a um, lower risk and still a good reward. And we'll talk about that. And then we're going to end off with a little what's giving us life, Um, you know, just this week uh because again this is kind of a heavier topic and i want to kind of um before we hit the exit of the show i want to kind of just have like a little something positive we're gonna leave you on a high note yeah exactly (laughs) thank you we're not gonna drop you off the cliff here okay yeah so now let's talk about some serious stuff um in terms of assessing when we can go back to cons and the first thing that we have to consider is obviously the elephant in the room which it isn't even an elephant right like It's a pandemic. <laughs> it is. Well, <laughs> specifically, specifically, it's COVID-19. Yes. Okay. So what is, um, what's the first thing we need to consider about going back to cons? Well, I mean, the first thing on my list really is going to be vaccinations. And right now, this is true for me, not just about conventions, but, you know, like travel in general and large groups of people in general, really. Even groups small groups of people, of people right? even just people outside of my bubble, really, when it comes right down to it. Um, so in this, I'm, I, I have to say something, too, because I think I have to time this a little bit, right? We are recording this on the evening of uh january what the 19th (laughs) um correct and so actually it's the early morning of january 19th well it depends on what time zone you're in (laughs) then it would be the 18th for the 18th for me yes um so so you know just just to sort of place this like we're not in a place where we have switched over presidency yet and things could potentially drastically change in this vaccination conversation, honestly, by the time this episode drops. In fact, I'm just crossing my fingers and hope that they do, right? That would be ideal. I would like to have a better vaccination plan. Um, 
But this is going to be a major thing for me, both for travel and conventions and kind of everything is like, you know, if we're going to be um, around large groups of people on, say, an airplane or in a convention center. And if you think about um, specifically the way that we do gaming activities where we sit close together at a table and we speak in loud voices and laugh and stuff. And we're trying to be heard over potentially other tables in the same room. So we tend to get louder and that kind of thing. Those are all behaviors that are pretty high risk um, if you have anybody COVID positive in that group. So for me, um, I think that I'm going to be needing to see like, you know, high rates of vaccinations and or COVID vaccination requirements for conventions. Um, honestly, just before I'm going to feel comfortable going back or like, you know, in a year when things are super low and I'm vaccinated and, you know, I have a reasonable expectation that I'm not going to be, you know, in a small room with multiple people who may or may not have it. Right. <laughs> like, so that's, um, I think that's, that's the first one. And I think it's a really big one. Um, yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. Right. I think that, um, I think that, Mingling with people is going to be a lot easier uh, once we are vaccinated, right? It's just um, in- entirely, completely, everything about a con. How you get there, like correct. I have to ride on an airplane for 98% of the conventions that I go to. And personally, I don't want to get on a plane right now. I don't want to get on a plane until I'm vaccinated. I, I may or may not have it worse than you. I ride in a car with several people that probably has worse air circulation than a plane yeah but the but like that whole thing where that's that's like friends where you can yes potentially create a bubble and have a trust situation that is also versus fair. the other like 400 people on the plane that i've never met and yep. i don't know from adam who may like you know have been out partying the night before i don't know right right like so there's ugh. no so yeah absolutely i i mean i think the i mean for me personally and again right because we're not experts in this at all but for me personally being vaccinated is going to be the first checkbox like yes. there is no convention there's no conventions for me until i have that vaccination Correct. i'm not even there's sure i'm not even sure i'm going to game with my home group until yes. vaccinations right so yeah yeah there is no like that's not happening period right so yep. okay so that's the first part now the second part of that's going to be so the first part is my own personal protection right i have to have a vaccine i want to be protected but i would say the next part's going to be is what is the convention's policy on vaccination yeah i mean because we need to know right like i like i'm gonna want i'm gonna want to see that like i want to see a harassment policy right and yes. what i really <laughs> want to see is that um you can't get a badge without being vaccinated. And the reason I say that is that first of all, vaccines are not 100%. Yep. Right. They're not, it is not, it, you did not get an injection of invulnerability, right? Nope. You got, you, you've basically got like a plus 10 to your saving throw, right? <laughs> your constitution. Right. Roll. <laughs> but you can still roll a one, right? Yes. So what I need to know is that the convention is at near herd immunity. Now, yes. I don't want to use the word herd immunity in the bad health practice of like, let's kill a whole bunch of people and see if we survive and who survives. But what I'm saying is, and this part I can speak to a little because I was a biologist. I studied biochemical pharmacology. I'm not completely 
like dead, like brain dead to this topic. And I've worked in both um, pharmacology and in AIDS research is if most people who go to the convention have the vaccine, then for the people who couldn't take a vaccine, they're safer Mm-hmm. And we're all safer because it, there'll be less of a foothold that a, um, what you call it, that the virus could get because most of us will be immu- immune and it will just kind of bounce off and like not really take hold. Right. Yep. But if a convention doesn't require immunity, like it doesn't require vaccination, then a pocket of people could form like a reasonable cluster you know and start spreading it in concentrations and kind of straining how well the vaccine works inside of us yeah which would be much better to just not put that to the test yeah so in the early like and 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 when we're talking about going back to conventions i'm talking about like when it's first reasonably possible i'm not talking about like 10 years from now maybe 10 years from now 10 years from now maybe we don't even care about any of this we don't we're not paying attention anymore probably hopefully who knows maybe maybe not maybe we're just you know we're always getting these again okay so so that's my first part right for so number one check like gotta have like got to have a policy that says you got to be immune. Can't buy a badge unless you can show immunity, right? Or can't well, pick vaccine, up your badge unless right. you can show your vaccination. Mm-hmm. That's all right. So I want to see that. Um, the next thing I think I probably want to see in a policy for a convention is going to be masks. Yeah. Not so probably in the short term when, yeah. when we first kind of come back into contact with each other. Uh, and they've been saying this all along, right? We probably will have to wear masks for a little while. Yes. And I'm okay with that. And then there'll be a point where we don't have to, and I'll be okay with that. Yes. But the thing that I would like to see is that if you are under the weather, if you yeah. ex- start experiencing con crud or whatever, that you will put, like, you will be required to put a mask on, right? Right. This is, like, very it much... Would be, it would be nice if we just picked up some of that basic respect for other humans mm-hmm. in terms of not spraying our germs around absolutely COVID or not right absolutely like COVID or not um I I mean the thing that I will say is I'm probably going to travel with a mask from now on because if I am feeling under the weather whether I'm at home or like wherever if I'm at home I'm just going to stay home but yes. if I'm not in a place where I have that option because I'm at a convention or something and I yep. start feeling yucky, I'm gonna have a mask with me so I can just put it on my face. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that my loadout for the near like for the foreseeable future will include a mask in a pouch yeah. um, that I can just, you know, deploy when I need it. So yeah. I would like to see conventions um, also take that. Um, I would like to see conventions take that. Just tact. have a policy about it. And yeah. I'd like to see convention and goers. And have masks available in case other people aren't as planned in terms of that because. Yep. Hand sanitizer would be an hand sanitizer stations mm-hmm. would be another thing I would be. Yeah, now, let's keep that. <laughs> now, I understand for super large conventions, this could be a challenge. I myself will. I myself have always traveled with hand sanitizer. I will never stop now traveling with hand sanitizer. Yes. Um, so that's okay. I'm not, I, I, that one for me is 50, 50. Like I would like the con to make a reasonable effort, but likewise, I will also make an effort. Like yes. I will also bring my own hand sanitizer. Um, I would like the con to have masks, but I will also bring a mask. Uh, right. What I really I will, would I like is like if, for myself. Yeah. Like I would really like the con to say like, if you are experiencing 
other symptoms, or maybe the rule is like if you're experiencing any kind of cold, like obviously there's gonna have to be like a COVID rule, right? Like if you get a fever, you can't come to the con. Right. And I don't know if that means there's going to have to be fever checks or whatever. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm a little not sure about that. Because listen, here's the thing I know about being at cons. Pre-COVID, not post-COVID. But pre-COVID, I've known plenty of people, including you, who has attended the con while sick. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like I remember once I picked you up. Uh, from an airport. Now, luckily, Boy. it was like a 24-hour um, uh, stomach bug kind of thing. But, like, you had a fever. You had thrown up earlier, like, like in the morning. It was not good. I right. was, like, going to this con, like, I'm so worried that I'm going to be patient zero. And in retrospect, it was like I was pretty much over it by the time we were attending the convention. But if I'd had a mask and that had been any sort of norm, I would have been wearing one. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, so. And I uh, should have been like, it totally, absolutely, absolutely should have been. Right. And, 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 it, and, and let's be clear. It's really, really hard when you've planned for a convention and you're doing something like flying there. Yep. Right. You've it's put not down like money. you've put down a bunch of money. You don't want yep. to cancel your plane tickets. You've got a hotel reserve, right? Like it's a lot. So I think the thing that we just kind of got to stick with in those situations, right? Like is the minimum is a mask. Yep. And probably if you have a fever, you shouldn't be attending. Yeah, if you have a fever, you shouldn't be attending. If you have a mask, like if you're, if you have any other symptoms, like you're sneezy or whatever, like put a mask on. Like just common courtesy, right? And that will also help because remember, mask actually blocks particles coming out of you that will also reduce everyone else around you. Okay. Yeah, which that's the whole point, right? Like if you know you're sick and you're at the convention or you're coughing or whatever, because also we've had some, we had another occasion, right? Um, at a different con where you and I were running Hydra Hackers and someone came into the game and sounded terrible and immediately started hacking all over the table and we both went, ugh, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, these, like, I mean, we've all... It'd be all... great to be like, here's a mask, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even want, like, I would like to not have to say that, but, like, right. maybe but my GM... But I would GM, like to be able to say that. <laughs> maybe my GM kit is going to contain a few masks in it, like paper masks, yeah. like disposable paper masks. It's yep. entirely possible. Um, okay, so so yes, vaccinations, um, vaccination requirements, um, hand sanitizer, again, 50-50 on that, masks, bring your own, but, you know, would like to see some there, as well as, you know, if you have a fever, you can't be in the con, that kind of thing. Okay, uh, what's another part of uh, the COVID part? The location of the convention itself. Yes, and we're going on. All right, so I I know where this is going because we outlined this before we started. Yeah, I'm going to say that this is based on 2020 knowledge. Yeah, this is and which this is could the knowledge be, that we have. This right? could well not only numbers that we have, but be like how. Okay, I'll just no you know what, no prefacing it here. Here's the okay. deal. I'll just okay. tell it as it is. Okay, tell it like it is. <laughs> in <laughs> <Take> 2020, <laughs> in 2020, thanks to the federal government. There has been an uneven response to dealing with the virus. Yes. Okay. So I can say comfortably that I am more confident in general going somewhere in New York than I am going somewhere in another state. I'm not going to pick on any states or something, but some of you states know who you are. Okay. (laughs) Um, And that is because state governments and their own philosophies on how to deal 
or not deal um, with the pandemic. So going to a con, unless something drastically changes in 2021 with the, with the incoming administration, going to a con where that con is, is going to have some huge factor. Right. Because if I, because if some con is set up in a state that won't let the organizers do the things that I've just mentioned, like Mm -hmm. restricted to only vaccinations or whatever, like I'm not going masks. Yeah. Like I'm not going, going. right. Like, so, so where like the state that it's in, and then on top of that is also going to be how the state handles like their like the pandemic. Like I'm probably not going anywhere while it's still like um full on raging anywhere. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't think working in some level of events industry, um people are starting to optimistically talk about doing like hybrid events and stuff. Yep. And I'm like, well, it seems pretty optimistic to me until we actually get a vaccination program off the ground, but you know, sure. But I mean, I guess here's the other part. Even if the convention can mandate all of those things, if a if the state that it's in, the city that that it's in, um doesn't have good COVID protocols. I eat in the restaurants yeah, and, and go to and stay in the hotels around that area. Yeah. I'm not going to want to sit in a restaurant knowing that I'm mingling in a general populace that has less COVID controls than I'm currently comfortable with, like where I live. Yes. So that also is going to factor in. And I don't know how that's going to factor in in 2021. I know how it would factor in right now. Like if you were... Like if I had my, um, if I had my immunity now, and there was a convention coming up, like I know where I would and would not be comfortable going right now. Yeah. Based on how different states are are addressing the seriousness of this, and yeah. I and I will say, and this isn't political, but I think some states are doing worse jobs at addressing it than other states. Yep. Um. Anyway, um, I think that's got to be a factor. That's absolutely got to be a factor. I got it. Like I got, I got concerns about um, how a particular state slash city um, treat, treats COVID in general. Yeah, just I mean, just the level of seriousness with which they take it. Right? Yeah, because part of part of what a convention needs is going to need to do in the short term is going to be paired with the Department of Health for that location. Yes. Because these things are potential super spreader events. So yes, <laughs> if the you know if the location's like eh, like sure, whatever, do whatever, like do then, whatever you want, we don't care. Like no. you know, correct. Then I'm even like, okay. I don't want to go. Correct. Fair enough. Okay. okay. Um, do that we have any more? Of, that was the end of the COVID. Oh, stuff. then I have one more COVID one oh, okay. that I didn't Tell think me of. The additional COVID one. Well, if we're talking about risk reward, the other thing you need to consider is your own personal health. Yeah, that's like, really true. Do you fall into any high risk COVID categories? Yeah. I fall into a moderate one, right? I am a very large dude, right? I'm a big dude. Um, I'm a big dude. Tipping 350. Um, and I'm uh, at the end of my 40s, right? I'm rushing up to the end of my 40s. So, uh, you know, like I probably shouldn't get COVID. Now, I will say this um, while I'm big and I'm getting older, or middle-aged, or whatever, um, I have a pretty staunch immune system. I rarely get sick. 
um, maybe once a year. I didn't even get sick in 2020 thanks to, um, uh, what you call it, <laughs> thanks to being yeah, quarantined. quarantined like, I didn't even get anything um, yeah. in 2020, and I barely got sick in 2019. So, like, if I get exposed, do I think I have a reasonable chance of either getting the low version of it, or once I get a you know an immune, once I get a vaccine that I'll you know probably shake it off? Probably. Do I want to roll the dice on it? Not so much. No. Not, Not really. so much. And, and people are going to have to make that own, their own assessments, right? So if you if you have pulmonary issues, if you have other, you know, um, factors that um, contribute to it, right? So if you have an immunological um, issue that, because um, there have been some cases where immunological issues have produced weaker immune responses with the vaccine, like maybe then um, you may not even want to attend uh, a con of a certain size, uh, regardless of whether you've been vaccinated or not. You, that is a thing. Um, that is a discussion you will have with your doctor. The personal yeah. part is a, that is a discussion you'll have with your doctor where you say, hey, I'm thinking about going to a large group event that is mostly, that is requiring vaccinations or whatever. What do you think? Yeah, um, what do you think does what do you like is. where do you right that's yeah. not a, like that's a that's a thing you do with your medical professional where we don't even come close to touching that here but again if we're talking about risk reward that's part of your risks you gotta you gotta factor in yeah okay cool all right so that's the covid part yay and if that part wasn't serious enough the next yeah. part well the next part is just something we have to talk about um, yeah. And that is the threat of domestic terrorism. Uh-huh. I know you're laughing not out of I'm jest, laughing. but it's out of like... out of jest. It's out of like the sheer horror of non, not knowing how to respond because it's just not a risk factor that we've previously usually considered for gaming conventions. So the thing is, in the past... Um, in the past, it's, it's really only been a week, right? It's only been a week. Okay. So in the yeah. past week... Um, we've had a domestic terrorist incident, right in in the nation's capital. As we're gearing up for the inauguration, right, we've we've turned um, we've turned Washington D.C. into a green zone, right. So like, there's a definite sign of you know protecting it from uh, another domestic terrorist attack. Um, what we don't know, and I don't think we're going to know for a little bit, um, is will we see any spike in domestic terrorism in the U.S., right? So if you're not in the U.S., I should be very clear. We are in the U.S., and now I'm talking about something that is very U.S.-specific. Yeah. Um, we don't know if there's going to be any kind of um, rise in domestic terrorism as um, the current president leaves and Biden takes office, right? We don't know what's going to kind of shake out from that, right? Um, clearly... There are some people out there that, you know, have some reality grasping issues, etc. Anyway, I don't want to get into any, I don't want to get deep on that part. But I do think that one of the things that we as Americans are going to have to watch for um, is whether or not domestic terrorism is on the rise or not, uh, because large cons are easy targets. Yeah. Now, I say easy targets right now because we've never had, like, a convention has never had to provide this level of security before. Right. And there's uh, thousands of people, literal thousands of people, wandering around a giant space, all lugging huge backpacks full of stuff. Yeah. And co and then if you add in cosplay, yeah, like, 
I don't know, are you really like, you know, are you cosplaying Call of Duty or right. You know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, um, and, and, and no, now having, having attended some pretty major cosplay conventions, because there's a pretty big anime convention in Denver that has a very large cosplay thing. And I will tell you that, like, in terms of like cosplay stuff, there are some pretty standard practices in terms of like how you manage weapons, no matter how fantastical they look, right? There's a whole like peace bonding, you must sign an agreement, they have to see the weapon and make sure that it can't actually hurt anybody. Like, you know, they like check that stuff. Yeah. But I don't know, because I haven't been to gaming conventions that have this level of cosplay stuff. And I don't know if we, as sort of a gaming convention, and it may just be the ones that I've attended, right, have created a kind of culture of, I mean, it's called peace bonding. They put a zip tie on it so that they know we've talked to this person and checked it, right? Um, So, you know, like, there's, there's some stuff that goes with that and there are easy things that we can do in terms of just like the cosplay front and like that sort of thing sure which but like i know origins doesn't seem to do anything like that no one's ever stopped me carrying any props through origins right sure i I, i've never i mean i don't know whether origins does it or not or you know no but obviously no one's ever stopped you let's be clear i don't want to i don't want anyone to be like oh they totally know we have no we don't know yeah we don't know if past senda has like circumvented security or check not intentionally sure (laughs) um but Versus I think like Nanda's con, I got stopped because the fan that I was carrying was large enough to apparently register as a weapon. Sure. And they now responded I w- my fan. <laughs> sure. Now I will say this, right? So I think that, I think that up to now, um, I think up to now cons have done a reasonably good job at security. And I think that cons for the most part have had, have been like low to mid security level events, right? Like there are multiple exit and access points. There are, there is some amount of, of access control in terms of, you know, people checking badges, but there are a lot of common areas. Um, the thing about it in terms of, um, domestic terrorism is the same thing that kind of, um, sports, um, activities, concerts, and things like that, is that there is a whole bunch of people in a, in a confined space. Now, yeah. I will say this, um, sports events, many sports, of, I think most sports events, and, can, and concerts have metal detectors. Yes. I have not been to a con where I've had any of my gear inspected. Nope, me either. Right? I mean, very soft. In it, like, And I'm less concerned about somebody walking in with a rifle because for the reasons you said, right? Like, like they're the con rules are pretty specific about, you know, no, either no looking firearms or some sort of check-in or something. I'm more concerned about something like a backpack because everybody has a backpack and somebody carrying a large backpack through a con. People aren't even going to look twice. People won't even look twice. And if somebody puts a backpack down Mm -hmm. somewhere, like, like people will probably look, but like, there's a lot of people, and if somebody put a backpack down on like the convention, like out on like the dealer floor or whatever, you might think somebody just like put it down and they're looking at something, they, whatever. Right, like, or they forgot it. And again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to seed fear. I'm saying that as Americans in the coming months, we need to kind of see what, um, we need to see what happens. We got to see, you need to see what happens. Um, so I'm not going to make any things about Khan needing to do this, needing to do that. But I would say that if 
there was some sort of spike in domestic terrorism, I would be less likely to go to larger cons because um, they tend they they tend to be very easy targets. Yeah. Um, finally, on that point, the other thing I will say is that um, even if a con is not directly a target, the location of the con, and, and again, this is no dig, but um, both Gen Con and origins are in the state capitals of yeah. the respective states that they're in. And if I remember correctly, and my geography is not great, um, Gen Con's not even that far from the Indianapolis state capital. Not very, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure you can just walk over to it or something. So again, it just creates these, um, it, it just, if, if domestic terrorism is going to be a problem, these are things you're going to have to factor in about larger cons. Um, smaller cons will probably um, wind up not being as big of a deal because they're smaller, they're less known, they don't like they don't show up on the news, um, whatever. And then I guess the other right, I I think that sums up my feelings about um, <laughs> about that. I, I I would now like to um, I would now like to flip the topic over. Yes. To talk about. Um, something positive in regards to when we can go back to conventions because that was all pretty heavy. Yep. That was the heavy part. And it's, it's just in hope. Gosh, hopefully we won't have to think about that, but like, well, right I now, think, I, we don't I think, know. We I think don't know. We are, and so we have to mention it, right? Well, we're going to have to think about some of those factors, hopefully yes. not all of them, but some of those factors. And I think we're going to have to think about them a lot in the beginning. Yep. When cons um, first come back and then hopefully, um, less like here's here's what we do know from the 1918 uh flu pandemic right 13 1913 is it 13 no 1918 1918 no 1918 flu pandemic it's been a week the 1918 flu pandemic like we eventually went back to hanging out in in person and in groups and things like that like like the flu persisted on and mutated or whatever. And we like, eventually we all went back to just hanging out and, and being in public places. And, and there's no reason to not think that that will be true for COVID-19 as well. That at some point a year, five years, 10 years, whatever, everything that we're talking about here won't matter. And in fact, this will be a very interesting, um, yeah, it'd be a very be interesting capsule. piece for somebody to like time capsule or <laughs> or to you know use as part of their you know part of their history report or something. But I'm talking about right on the interface, like the the waning days of the pandemic and the early days of not being in the pandemic. These are the factors that we have to start thinking about, and each person, as we said at the top of it, are going to have to think about this in terms of their personal risk and the reward they gain from it. And everybody's going to have a different is everybody's going to have a different gauge. Now, let's talk about a thing where you can control some more of those risks and get a lot of those rewards. Yeah, we want to talk about friendventions. Friendventions. We don't have a good name for this yet. Friendchins. I like friendventions. Friendventions. No, I like friendventions. Friendventions doesn't have enough consonant or syllables. Friendventions. Friendventions. I think okay. is the one. So, what is a friendvention? <laughs> Obviously, you can just play games with your local group when, when you know, we all get vaccinated and you can go back to playing at your table. But uh, if you have people that you only see at cons, like we do, 
Like yes. there are a number of there are a number of really uh, close people, people we we dearly care for, that we really only see. Uh, because of conventions. And that's why we kind of traveled from convention to convention through the year, because we kind of got to see them all through the year. Yes. You can do that in a smaller scale with a friendvention, right? Mm. A, a convention of friends. and <gasps> Friendcon um, also. Yeah, friendcon, friendvention, whatever you want to call it. And, and here's what I recommend. This model I first encountered in the 1990s um, in the Amber community, Amber Diceless community. Uh, they would run their own cons, but they did not have the money to organize full spaces, right? So they could not like they could not buy a ballroom at a you know at a hotel that was too expensive. So this is what they did, and this is what I'm planning to do before I return to conventions. Okay, I'm going to get a group of friends. Yes, tenish, tenish cool. or so, ten, okay. twelve, something like that. Not huge, but but sizable people that I haven't seen in a long time that I would like to see that I would like to game with. We're going to pick a location. Uh-huh. We're going to pick a single hotel. Uh-huh. And it's going to be a hotel that has those um suite rooms. Yes, where you have a, a bedroom sort of separated from the main room that has like a couch and a little table and little a little breakfast kitchen. thing. Yeah. Okay. It, specifically, we want to find those hotels, right? And and Marriott has a chain of them. They're res- the residents in at Marriott. Yep. Um, Hilton has them. I forget what they're called in in Hilton terms. But if you if you look on the websites, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. These are one to two bedrooms, so they can be single bedroom or dual bedroom. But they have a living room and a kitchenette. And this the living room part is the important part. The kitchenette's somewhat important, but the living room's more important. Yeah, the kitchenette is nice, but the living room is key to making exactly. this work. Yes. So the way you do the friendvention is you invite all your friends and people go get rooms. Now, whether they double up in rooms, whether you get two bedroom, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just everybody gets a bed. Okay. And then what you do is you run games out of the living rooms of the rooms that people have. Yeah. And so this way you don't have to disrupt your sleeping space. Like you have a place to put your clothes and you have a place to go to sleep and all of that. But what you basically do is you say, like, you come up with a little schedule, right? You can just do this in Excel and you can be like, cool. Phil's room at 10 o'clock has four slots open for Star Trek adventures. And, and, and Gator is running, Gator is running four slots of Cypher. And, um, somebody's running four slots of cartel, right? And and you have 12 people, you have just three slots of, like, it won't even be three slots of four. Um, it'll be, like, a little bit less. But anyway, you just create those blocks. You make a little, like, quick little spreadsheet thing. People sign up for them. You do this for a couple days. You have meals, um, either, you know, if you can all fit in one room, that's great. If not, you can have, like, two meal rooms, right? Just order up some food to your hotel or... If it's safe enough to go out, you guys like all get together and go have something to eat. Um, I will also tell you um, that these hotels, especially like residents and stuff, often have like an outside area with a grill. So like the idea of actually picking up like hamburgers, hot dogs and some chicken patties or something and throwing them on a grill is entirely possible. Yep. The idea is you utilize the hotel rooms, not the... Um, not try to get any central areas and you use the rooms for various gaming activities, social hangouts and, and possibly meals. And then this way, all anyone has to do is travel 
and get and like travel and get a hotel room and then their room is part of the convention. Yeah. And but your bedroom space, the whole the whole idea is that your bedroom space remains yours and remains personal. And then yes. that living room space becomes the shared space, right? right. So you and sh- always and, and have space that is yours that you can retreat to. Right. And the living rooms will have a little table. Yep. And they like will a couch. have they'll have couch and seating for everybody mm-hmm. to sit in so it's comfy, that kind of thing. Um and the idea is that you invite the the group of people that you are comfortable being unmasked with. Yeah. Right? Because you will know your friends, um, how how much, you know, are they vaccinated or not? How serious are they? You know, have they been during the pandemic? Like, where's your comfort level with each of these people? Um, and then you'll just bring them. And what that eliminates is it eliminates the really large um, groups. It eliminates people you don't know. Yep. Um, and, um, it keeps it to just people you're comfortable with, uh, and it's small and contained and you're not wandering through a big convention area. You're just going to be going like room to room. You'll be in like small pockets of people. Yeah. Friendvention. Friendvention. I think it's a cool way to do it. Um, I very much am, you know, leaning towards that this will be the first, like the way I will kind of come back to conventions. It can hold more than your house. Yeah. Right. right. Like, I mean, unless you also like option number two is everybody gets a room at a little tiny bed and breakfast, right? Like find a bed and breakfast that has five rooms. Sure. <laughs> if that's, you know, I think, I think everybody gets the idea. Yeah. I, the the thing I'm trying to stress though, if, even if you do get the bed and breakfast is you're going to need gaming spaces. Yeah. Right? It would depend on the, the space. The thing with yeah. these suites is that you have the built in gaming space and you're not trying to buy, um, space for it yeah floor you know, i mean like- there are definitely like and the other thing that actually we looked at for a little bit there was like if you rent like a 15 person cabin airbnb right oh yeah we tried that yep right and then like you have like then you have like the dining room has space the living room probably has space for yes. one to two games and then like you know so you have like three games going simultaneously you know and then you have hangout space so like other options, right? This Just also depends. works, right? Yep. This also works based on your level of comfort, where based the house on your level is, of comfort and like, how well it was cleaned before yeah, you. And, 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 you know, and trusting everybody to pay you back for this very... Sure, sure. It's right? not very expensive on a per person basis, but in terms of a one person shelling out the like, however much per night... Um, yeah. You know, you just want to make sure everybody pays you back so, for that. So there's, if people want us to talk more about um, friend, friend vengeance, we'll, we'll do it in a, in a subsequent show. But I wanted to leave that because if you're like, oh man, based on everything that Phil and Senda just said, like, I don't think I'm going back to conventions in a while, but I really love conventions. This is like your middle ground. Like this is like, go find your convention peeps. I have a list already, right? I like, I could, you know, like immediately throw out an email and be like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking when the time is right. Yeah. And it might be a nice way to kind of ease back into full convention. Yeah, because let's be honest, for a little while in there, it's going to be pretty freaky to me to be around large groups of people and even freakier for them to not be wearing masks. As much as I want it, it's going to freak me out. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I think think going back to groups of people whether it's, I mean, you don't have a large office. Like I have 50 people in my office, like going back to seeing that many people that aren't, you know, 
in my bubble without masks or sitting in a space with them will be weird for a little bit. Yeah. It'll be okay be, later, but it'll be yeah, weird. But it's going to, we're going to have, we're going to have like an ease back into it. Like there's right. going to be a ramp. If, if you've been experience. locked down, like there's going to be some, like I've been pretty locked down. You've been pretty locked down. There's going to yeah. be some weirdness returning to see, re, like returning to people. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I'm like, out at the grocery store with exactly. a mask on, but I go to a grocery store, but I go to a grocery store and like the grocery store is usually okay. But sometimes when I go to target to pick up the rest of this stuff, like people don't stand on the six feet things and I don't like it. I in the grocery store, in the grocery like store, it. it's next to impossible to maneuver through it without like getting like near people. Right, but and, like it's, you know, I'm okay if like if we're just passing each other in the aisle or whatever for two sure, seconds, sure. like that doesn't freak me out. I don't like the people breathing down my neck. No, I'm like, with you. Excuse I'm with you. me. I, I don't. I don't. I don't use a line up. because I've, I've. I have a um, grocery store that <laughs> well, lets me well, check out like on my phone. This is so much better than everybody else's groceries. <laughs> I'm not saying it's better than everybody else's grocery store. I'm saying it's better than most of your grocery stores. <laughs> um, it has been delightful to be able to just scan all the stuff with my phone. Just go up to the self checkout thing uh, and check out. I will have a larger discussion about shadow labor and my natural dislike for shadow labor, except for during the pandemic where I have been very okay with this. I would say that I don't know post pandemic if I will keep doing it or not. Um, because, uh, I have a thing about paying employees rather than companies, um, screwing employees out of work, but I don't want to get super political about that. Other than, uh, if you don't know what shadow labor is, look it up. I am not a fan of shadow labor when, when companies, um, do it to people. So anyway, we should end this on a lighter note. Absolutely. Let's talk about things that are exciting and giving us life. So I'm going to make you go. I'm going to make you go first because I'm okay. afraid that if I go first, you may go too long. So I need to have something <laughs> to interrupt you with. So, Senda, tell so me one thing. A package that's arrived. Giving you life. A package arrived on my doorstep today. From from where? A package arrived on my doorstep from JetPens. Oh my goodness, that is like one of the best. That's like one of the best kind of packages that can arrive. It was very exciting when I saw where it was from. I was like, the FedEx man brought me a present, and um, and I've talked about ordering this. Right, I spent way too long deciding what stuff I was going to order specifically for Gian Shim's Field Guide to Memory. If you didn't back it, unfortunately, you've missed it at this point. But boy, keep your eye out for it. Maybe you can still get it on itch when when it gets released, which is going to be in February. Um, I thought it was time for me to order it so that I made sure that I had it for February. And I did. And it came today. And um, and I got uh, so a, a Rhodia notebook in black which is both very professional looking and feels so nice on my fingers. And the Rhodia paper is just so, it's just so smooth. It just it's, so it, it, it really smooth. is a, um, it really is a delightful paper it's to write on. Really beautiful to write on. And I'm very excited about it. And I'm also very excited partially because like the notebook has exactly what I kind of wanted from this notebook, which is that it looks very put together and professional <laughs> And, like, could be very scientific, which is going to be kind of the initial approach. And I am sure that I am then going to proceed to um, potentially beat the crap out of it and stuff it full of things that don't actually fit in it. And it's going to end up looking like a weird, misshapen mound of notebook, which is exactly what I want. It'll be beautiful. And it's yep. going to be very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, per- it's great. Um, 
<laughs> so it's perfect. And it has like the little tiny details, like, you know, the ribbon to mark your place and like the elastic seep it closed. And, um, and I went with the dot grid so that it's very flexible in terms of like, is it writing? Is it graphing? Is it drawing? Who knows? Whatever. Like, you know, but my intention is to tape and paper clip and put many things in here. So I'm very excited about it. I also received, I couldn't decide what pen I was going to use. And so I bought three. And two of them are very nice, very fine point gel pens, smaller fine point than you can get from US pens. Um, 0.38, which I've discovered is my favorite size for pens. Um, so that's exciting because it just means I have to order my pens always from jet pens apparently um and they're really delightful and one of them is um like feels like freaking sci-fi to me it's the friction ball slim and it's actually erasable like it it in fact erases it doesn't blur when you swipe over it and then when you erase it instead of just smudging the ink round it actually erases maybe even better than a dark pencil it's really wild like you can tell that it's there if you scratched into the paper but it's like gone it's amazing i am i am left-handed so generally i do not trust erasable pens but i now think when you're talking about the friction one if i remember correctly it doesn't actually erase yes. the ink it is a Correct. chemical reaction due to heat that yes. changes it to something like clear yes it is and so yeah you just rub it till it gets warm enough Yes. That it disappears. But it is pretty funny because I was reading up on it. If you were to leave something like on the dashboard of your car and it got really hot, potentially this ink could disappear. But you can also bring it back potentially by sticking it in your freezer. <laughs> That's interesting. Which is That's... just cool. But, but for like your everyday normal non-temperature extremes... Like, it's really incredible because I remember, like, as a kid being like, erasable pens, how cool. And then being like, that's not really erasing, you liars. It faded a little bit. Like, it didn't actually erase. This actually erases, which is thrilling. Um, and then I also got um, a slightly less professional looking pen that's big and chunky and plastic and pink and has cats all over it. Um, called... Uh, called the letter pen Kokoiro, I want to say. Who knows? It's adorable, and I'm in love with it. But it um, it has this really neat tip that is somewhere between like a really tiny brush tip and and more of a felt tip. Um, but it functions in the way of a brush tip where it can write as small as my .38 gel pens that I picked up that it can write very thin lines, but you can actually press harder and get thicker lines out of it. So you can actually do um, variance in weight just based on pressure. So I'm very excited to use this one for, for basically, I'm, I'm hoping to do like sketchy things, um, you know, sketchy little cryptozoology things. Yeah, absolutely. In there, and that's what that pen is for. And so I'm really excited about that one too. And that is what I got in the mail today. And I am very excited about it. I am writing a Gnome Stew article about how excited I am about the accoutrement of gaming um, in this particular case and some other ones. Um, so keep your eye out for that. Anyway, Phil, what is giving you life at the moment? So today 
I watched the season finale of Voyager. Mm. So having completed my entire rewatch of of Voyager, or not rewatch, I've actually only ever seen, I've never seen the series all the way through. So this was the first time I've actually seen every episode of Voyager. Right. Um, So I finished it today. I was down to like the last like episode and a half and I was like, screw it. I have today off. I'm just camping out in front of my computer screen. I'm going to watch the rest of this. So anyway, I finished it. I have seen the the series finale before. It's an excellent series finale. I was very pleased with how it ended. Um, But I watched like the, you know, the rest of the episodes. Uh, And knowing, having already done a TNG watch party, having already done a DS9 watch party, um, I wisely kept my list of episodes as I watched them. Oh, yes. So, so I now have, have it. yeah, so I do not have to create one from scratch. I actually have a list of like, as I was watching them, I was like, you know, some of them are like, oh, this episode has a thing like that you need for future things. Some of them are just like, these are good episodes. Like these are worth watching. And then some of them are like, these are excellent episodes, mm-hmm. like must watch these episodes. Um, I'm happy to have finished it. I thought I was going to go over to Discovery right away, but um, Evil John from our um, Patreon community and uh, PK Sullivan have kind of convinced me that I should just um, go and watch uh, Enterprise. Uh, And and that way I will have watched that series as well, because that is a series I gave no love to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was told that um, it will it will be better than I think it will. So I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go give Enterprise a rewatch. I think it's only four seasons, so it's not really a um, it's not really the lift that um, DS9 and Voyagers were, which were seven season episode, you know, um, series. So I'm gonna do it tomorrow morning when I get up to make breakfast. I'm gonna put on the first um, episode of Enterprise, and I'm gonna like dig in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I did with it with Voyager, which is I'm gonna come at it with an open mind, like just come at it with an open mind and i want to like i want to see if i like the show i'm sure i will find episodes i like um so i'm looking forward to it but yeah voyager was great um it will still be my third love as of right now uh ds9 is my first love always ride or die ds9 uh followed by tng and then voyager um but that's not to say that voyager isn't good there is a lot of good for voyager I like I like a number of the characters a lot. I like Janeway. Um, I like Janeway a whole bunch. I think Janeway's. I think Janeway doesn't get nearly enough credit for being one of the better, like one of the best captains. Um, I think she's fantastic, and I think she's. I think at times she's a tougher captain than some of the other ones, except for maybe Cisco, because Cisco is probably the um, yelliest captain. Like Cisco yells more than any other captain. I know, but he's um, such a good space dad. <laughs> yeah, he's great space dad. Um, Very good space dad captain. Yeah, um, Janeway is uh, Janeway's tough. Janeway's tough captain. Like I, I like her a lot. Um, and then there's some other characters I really uh, have enjoyed uh, through the series. There's some decent minor characters. Um, there's some decent minor characters. There's some characters that I don't know if I ever completely liked or gelled with like it's interesting but i think that's true for any series and i've never watched voyager at the repetitiveness i've watched ds9 or uh tng so it has to remain um in third right now because just for the simple fact that i've never um you know tng i watched so many times Mm -hmm. like and ds9 i just love because i love serial um storytelling and And this is episodic again like Voyager goes back to episodic 
Yeah, oh, Voyager goes back to episodic storytelling where it's like mm. it's more like TNG in that respect. Okay. Anyway, uh, wrap it up on there. Yeah, Let's yeah. get to the ending of the show. I'm not even going to waste time. Send to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network so we can get right to the closing. Yeah, on Bone, Stone, and Obsidian. Yep, I don't remember the blurb, but you should go listen to it because it's a great show. <laughs> It's about Dark Sun, folks. It's about Dark Sun. They talk about Dark Sun. They talk about Dark Sun. It's cool. It's a cool show about Dark oh, Sun. Man. That was lame. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry, guys. Boy, I'm sorry. I just I was reaching for no, I'm one sorry. That I she just done. she lost it. She lost it right there. She, I apologize. Um, it's just bad. Okay, hey Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or if you want to, you can hunt us down on the TikTok. <laughs> and once you found us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, by all means, uh, give us some show topics. Boy, do we love show topics. Um, largely because we don't come up with them on our own. Topic. And um, I, I mean, look, I, I used to do a whole spiel about this. Let me just sum it up. The whole goal of the show is really to help all of you uh, with your gaming uh, and to make your games uh, better. So the only way we really do that is not to talk about things that we want to talk about, but to talk about things that you have questions about, that you need help with, that you're curious about. So the way that this works is you send those to us, we make them into shows, you listen, and hopefully get to incorporate some of the stuff that we say. So let's just keep doing that. That cycle's been working out really well for like four plus years. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. <laughs> It's good stuff. And, 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 you know, it's also fair game if you're just like, I want to hear you talk about this thing. I have an opinion, but maybe you yeah. do too. That is also fair game. We'll just talk about it. We like talking about the things that you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, really. Questions, topic, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Throw We're it good. at us. All right, good. Um, if you like what we do here elsewhere in the Misdirected Mark Network, Misdirected Mark Network, please consider backing our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get a bunch of stuff. Uh, you're going to get the after show from Mr. Director Mark. You're going to get the Bamboo Lounge from this show. You're going to get access to the Slack Room for Life. And that is right there, the golden ticket. Um, I love the Slack Room. Uh, I've talked about I talk about it every week. Um, Slack Room is great. Um, you should hang out with those awesome people and chat about game stuff, chat about um, your life chat about recipes that you've made games that you've played questions you have etc um and then join us on fridays uh patrons get to uh get to jump on our our hangout our lunch it's lunch for me because it's i'm the one who's hosting it yeah it's sec um, second second breakfast you just bring whatever you bring whatever or, you bring whatever cocktail or meal you want to it let's be honest here it's usually actually first breakfast yes uh anyway um you should definitely do that um if you can back the Patreon campaign, we would love you to. Um, and if you can't back the Patreon campaign, we totally understand. There's another thing that we really need help with. We always need help with it, which is spreading the word. Um, you can, of course, in your own way, spread the word to your game group, to your friends, post it on Twitter. You know, hell, just grab one of our, you know, grab one of our tweets about an episode and just retweet it. Like, that helps. Um, all of those things help. There's another thing you can do. Senda's going to give you some details about it 
it's a thing that helps complete strangers, people that are that you don't know, that we don't know, uh, find us. What's that thing? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is what we are going for here. So, uh, so it's super useful. It helps with like the algorithms and stuff. Uh, it makes us bubble up to the top, which is pretty awesome because, you know, like when people are looking for RPG, like jamming advice, maybe they don't look for the word pandas. That was silly of us. Oh, well, we're committed now. Um, <laughs> so you should help us out um, and give us some stars, write us a review. If you leave us a review somewhere that is not the U.S. Apple Podcasts store, um, it's really difficult to keep track of all of those. But we would really, really love to read it because we really, really like to read them all. So we really, really appreciate it. Um, you can absolutely tell us about places that you put reviews. We will absolutely thank you for it. We love reading them. And thank you so very much to everyone who has already read uh, or left us a review. Um, they're great. We appreciate you. Yeah, we love them. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, Senda. Show me. You know what? Show me how you're going to decorate the outside of your notebook. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got. Clicky, clicky, clicky goes the clicker. Clicky goes a clicker, clicker. That, a that, a that. Okay, good. All right, I got waveforms. Things look good. Mike's in good position. I'm comfortable. I'm going to take a sip of water and then we can jump right in. Okay. Wow, I didn't bring. Oh boy, keep getting my. Whoop. Oh, I'm all discombobulated. Oh, 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 that wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> Already there. All right, get combobulated. Okay, I think I'm combobulated. Hello. Are you ready? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm like really trying to get you some I know, you're really, really, really trying. Working, just really and working against me on this. The giggles just started, so if it doesn't happen, it's my own damn fault. I know it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. Bloop. Bump, bump. Do, 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 do